Sports Stance. Hey everyone, hey everyone. welcome to the Sports Stance. I'm your host, Greg, and with me, it's the Mouse King himself. It's none other than Paul. Paul, how you doing? The Mouse King, huh? Yeah, the Mouse King. Are you telling stories about me? I haven't told any stories, but I'm pretty sure that's one that you might want to tell because you had a pretty interesting night the other night I heard. Well, so twice in my life I have been what I would call attacked by mice. Attacked or engulfed? Probably 20 years ago, I pulled the pool cover off of a beam in the in the um, shed, and I felt something land on my head, and then it's in my shirt, and it was a ton of baby mice. And Which it was gross, disgusting. so I tore off my shirt, and I got a shovel, and I smashed them all to death. So. PETA, his number is? <laughs> 1-800-BITE-ME. Um, then, oh. so... I'm going to turn on my outdoor sprinklers and I have this fancy remote control that I connect and I go out in the front yard and I push zone one and I forgot to turn the water on. So I did that. I turn on zone one, hit start, nothing. I'm like, huh. It takes a while for the water to get all the way out there, but that's not true. (laughs) All the other zones worked. So I looked for the solenoids. I found three. And I said, there's got to be another one. So under the deck we built last year is a solenoid box. And I'm going to climb under there and tap the solenoids in case it's frozen. That's a tight space, right? It's a very tight space. I would say with me laying on the bricks, on the, on the rocks, under the deck, there's probably four inches above me. Maybe right. five. So I take the cover off. Now it's dusk. It is, it's, it's dark under there. And it is full of about 30 black field mice that come charging at me. And you've never seen me horizontally hover out from under that deck. I think the force of the terrible words I was saying pushed me away from the house. <laughs> I could imagine. I kind of picture the scene from Ratatouille when all the mice come together at the end to like save the day, all coming at you. But not they in a nice, friendly way. a bunch of directions, but I felt like they were trying to get in my mouth. Ugh. It was gross. Ugh. Well, I'm glad you survived and that you're not seriously injured. And that you're you have 30 new pets. rat poison in there, not mouse poison in there now. They're not going to live through that. <laughs> Again, that is 1-800-BITE-ME. PETA, if you would like to contact Paul. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, that is some bad luck. I hope I never have that type of issue. And if I think I'm going to encounter mice like that one day, I'm just going to hire somebody to go in there and kill them for me. So... One, the zone wire was bitten right in half, and six other wires the insulation was eaten off of. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, mice are, mice are terrible. Even pet ones, yeah. I don't understand and it. So they're all on top of each other, and under them is everything they've chewed off and brought into their den, and the stench of mice feces. It was just disgusting. So I grabbed it all out of there. Nice. Nice and clean and new. Well, maybe you should get a tiger to, you know, get some mice out of there because well, the cats have been under the neighborhood cats have been under there and the dog goes after the cats. She's well, always well, I was trying to do some sort of segue there mentioning tiger to tiger woods. You clearly oh, pick up I on see it. what you do in there. I think we're I think we might, might be done with the whole mouse feces and everything talk. We're here to do sports. 
I'm glad you survived your mouse epidemic. Is that you had your own pandemic underneath your deck the other night? I was, I was, I was the reverse Pied Piper. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't even think you want to be the Pied Piper. Off. But anyway, like I said, Tiger. I was trying to do some sort of fancy tag, segue. It did not work. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning win the match too, as it was deemed because they already had the match last year with Tiger and Phil, where Phil won. They raised twenty million dollars, so pretty good. They set a record for most cable views ever for a golf match with over six million, which not shocking when you have Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer of all time for most people's eyes. You maybe make the argument for Arnold Palmer or Jack Nichols, not Jack Nichols, Jack Nicholas. <laughs> um, and then Phil Mickelson, who it's like everybody's golf dad. Yeah. And of course, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, which if you've been following, Tom Brady now has a personality. So everybody kind of wanted to probably see that as well. Because Tampa Bay Tom has loosened up the reins on how he reacts and talks and everything. And even though he didn't play golf well, he had a few good lines. So, Paul, first off, overall take of the whole match, because I'm sure, like me, you watched at least the majority of it. I did, and and I thought I tuned in late because they were on the third hole, and it turns out there was a rain delay. So, two things. They were drenched, so they were good sports. And unless it thundered and lightning, they were staying out there. And they commented a few times on it. The other thing was the most watched, because what the heck else was anybody doing? There's nothing else to watch, so I'm sure they were pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I thought personally watching it, I, like you, didn't tune in until after it already started. I missed the first, I want to say, two holes. Went out at about, it was a nice day, so went out and walked around and got fresh air and wasn't at home. Got ice cream place near us was open, so I was like, I can miss the first two holes. I'm sure I won't miss much. I did get back in time to watch basically everything after that. Thought it was fantastic. The I was actually pleasantly surprised of how well the picture was. Like I know they've had issues at times before with things like this, where it's kind of quickly put together. I know they had some extra time with this, but the mics and everything, for the most part, even with the weather, pretty good job. And I enjoyed them, the announcers and them kind of going back and forth bantering. I enjoyed Charles Barkley talking trash to Tom Brady. From inside his dry tent while Tom was out in the pouring rain in the cart. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed the fact that Tom Brady made me feel like an actually decent golfer for 15 out of 18 of the holes, essentially, that he played. He was pretty bad. He was awful for a lot of those holes. Player. Yeah, but I, from what I know, he's not a bad golfer. So. Well, he isn't a great one. Clearly. I mean, he did have, have a good game. He was amazing at three irons. Um, so I overall enjoyed it. It actually, talking about this, brings us to a new little segment. Not really a segment, but just a little like thing I pick up on during the week. Where we're going to call it Like a Boss. Like a Boss! Where somebody says a comment, does something that's kind of boss-like. And I have two examples from the match, Paul. Both from the winning team. Because they would be the boss, because they, you know, dominating. They did win, so makes sense. The first one coming from Peyton Manning before the match even started. This comment alone 
I thought was the best comment of the entire match. Anything from it where they were talking to him about his caddy. They're like, who, who would have been your caddy? Like if you could choose. And he was like, well, by the way, Tom Brady is hitting balls directly behind him. He's like, you know, I thought to myself, do I bring Eli? Maybe. Do I bring Nick Foles? Possibly. And then Tom Brady just turns up after that one and looks at him and goes, not cool, man. Not cool. Cross the line. And just shows, one, the good humor, but also Peyton Manning just knows exactly how to get a little bit under Tom Brady's skin. Bring up the only two guys to ever beat him in Super Bowls, which we saw later on. There was mention that after they said about the Falcons, Patriots coming back against the Falcons, you know, can Tom come back against Tiger, similar colors? He said outright, Falcons aren't the ones that bother me. It's the Eagles that get under my skin. So clearly that Super Bowl is still sitting very poorly with Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. I mean, they put up huge offensive numbers and still didn't win somehow. So, yeah, I guess it would make sense. But that line alone was hilarious to me and just, like, kind of put that mental edge already on the map for Peyton and Tiger's team, I thought, going to win this. Then, of course, the other came from Tiger Woods himself, who, for the most part, people don't ever really get to see the fun side of Tiger. He's always been very serious. And it was on the longest drive challenge between him and Phil. Phil had just made an announcement that they were going to be getting a $1.5 million donation from the company that sponsors him. And he steps up, drives his ball, and completely shanks it. Like, not even a part of the longest drive competition. All Tiger Woods has to do is hit it onto the fairway, which he had already been doing all day. Tiger hits it right down the middle and just goes, oh, darn it, right down the middle. You hate to see it. <laughs> that alone, that's a very, that's, that was like a boss. Watching golf with the players talking is different. Yes. And they were having fun. So I, I, it was very enjoyable. Well, would you agree? Definitely boss-like moves, especially the Tiger of just hitting it down the middle and being like, oh, you hate to see it, essentially. <laughs> So do you think they're like that when they're not on camera? They're all quiet yes. on camera, right? Do you think they really give it to each other or they're friendly? They must be. Oh, yeah. Well, did you hear after Phil was talking up a storm about something and going on and on and on, and Tiger just said, like, if you think this is for the show, it's not. He's like this whenever we play with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I did, too. Uh, now the question is, Tiger, Phil, both have won technically one of these matches. So everybody's like, there has to inevitably be a third one. If there's a third, the match three, as it would be, where it's Phil and Tiger teamed up with two other people, who would you want those two people to be? I think it should be Donald Trump and Barack Obama, the two most golf-playing presidents in history. We're not trying to get people murdered. Okay, you mean like and entertainers? you already know that's not allowed because from the different times we've heard about Donald Trump kind of like doesn't always play by the rules of golf like standards. Yeah, he so he drives like his golf cart up. Or the rules of Congress table. or the Constitution. But anyway, what the heck? <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Yeah, clearly. It would have to be the that would be entertaining. But... It, it would have to be a rivalry within the sports world. Yeah, you have to think of guys that, one, could golf, 
and two that would make it at least interesting some ideas that i've seen thrown out are like michael jordan and steph curry because both are avid golfers steph curry actually like has played in pga tour like events like to try to like do amateur ones others i do yeah (laughs) he is holy moly free ad (laughs) holy moly too yeah then uh others said like tony romo because obviously we know he's a very good golfer um one i personally would like i think would be interesting and we know that the two have a friendship slash kind of rivalry is michael jordan versus larry bird they're friends they're both good golfers the last time we saw them golf together was space jam and i'm pretty sure michael would throw some serious money down on some side bets and then have other secret side bets to have more money put down because as we all know from the last dance he is a huge gambler but he doesn't have a gambling problem he has no problem gambling at all exactly (laughs) so i guess also if you want to do like fun celebrities like you could do bill murray would be a good one he's a good golfer yeah and uh i don't know if there's i don't know if there's an equivalent to bill murray golf wise another celebrity at least i would love to say oh adam sandler have some happy gilmore type swings yeah and uh two both of them were in golf movies exactly and both are comedians and i like it i mean why not right you know what i really was impressed with the decked out golf carts yes i remember you did text me about that they are they were pretty nice they all had. Uh, Tigers was done. I didn't see. Peyton's had a little decal. I don't know what it was. He it's had a, on the side, he had his number 18 and then like the Broncos. And I don't know if the other one was Colts maybe, but he at least had one side had the Denver Broncos and his number 18 on it. So did his golf balls. I noticed that too. His golf balls had the number 18 on them as well. Very good. It's one way so, to keep track. It is. So that was entertaining. Hopefully they can do something like that again. But until then, we will have to settle for at least what it sounds like is going to happen, an NHL playoff. NBA also, but we'll get to that in a second. The NHL has approved a playoff idea where 24 teams will make the playoffs out of 31. Now, wouldn't it suck to be one of those 17 teams? Okay. <laughs> It would, oh, it would be terrible. Yeah. Um, and it would also, I mean, you got to do something. Yeah. Uh, so how it would work is you would have the top four teams from each conference. They would play their own round robin to determine seating of one through four. So that way they have that set up. But then the other 16 teams that are involved would have best of five matchups to determine who they play essentially like to play in so that the rest would be seated normally from what it sounds like just not the top four so then once the top four is figured out then it'll be four obviously eight teams from each side four different series best of five and that and then it'll go on from there it will take place in two they wanted to have it in multiple hub cities now to only take place in two they haven't locked they haven't secured which two but it'll only be two now, so basically Eastern Conference will go to one, Western Conference will go to the other, 
And then for a Stanley Cup, they'll figure out which one works best. Do you like that idea? The idea of all of it with planes, the round robin for the top four seeds, and just kind of how they construct it? it. The logistics of it, everybody's going to punch holes in no matter what they do, so I'm good with it. Um, I just don't know how they're keeping all those people safe. Well, I think that's part the hub cities they're looking at. I think it's making sure there's enough hotels within, like, the arena area. I think they've narrowed it down to, like, five or six cities total. Yeah. The issue is I think one or two might be in Canada. And right now Canada is not allowing travel between the U.S. and them. So it's a matter of also figuring out how do you get the teams that are in the playoffs from Canada to these cities and all those logistics and how that's all going to work. But I like it. I think it's a good idea. If you had to give me at least right now a guess of who you think is making it at least to the Stanley Cup finals. You don't even have to give me a winner yet. But who's making it to the finals? You can give me one team. You can give me two teams. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Well, I'm going to tell you the Bruins because they had the best record in the league. Um, so they'll make it. I don't know who else is going to make it. Not a huge golf. Golf. Not a huge. Um, <laughs> both are played with sticks. sticks. <laughs> they both are played I'm with not sticks. A, not there. a huge um, hockey fan. But how do they not make it? Well, they could get knocked out in the round robin, by the way, which would well, really no, they won't get. They can't get knocked out in the round robin. The round, well, robin, round robin only give them one through four. Yeah. yeah. So, I think I'm kind of with you. I'm on that. Boston, they were the team that was kind of dominating at the time of everything stopping. It's hard though to stop and pick back up. You don't know how guys are going to mesh again together. They had a rhythm going. Who knows if they get that rhythm back? I will say, team I think that is looking for redemption from last year is Tampa Bay, who got knocked out in that first-round sweep as the number one seed, as like the most winning, highest-point-scoring team in NHL history. So I think they're going to be my kind of pick I'm going to go with. I'm going against the Bruins. I'm sorry. I do think Bruins have a good chance. But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, at least for the Eastern Conference. From the Western Conference, I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the repeat champs. I'm gonna go with the St. Louis Blues. Make it back somehow. Don't know if they win it, but I think maybe they make it back because they have that team chemistry. And I don't know. You can say that about every team. That was just that was a terrible way to give reason. There's no team chemistry when guys have been separated for like two months. I think that you have. A lot of downtime. I'm sure some guys work out privately, but when you're not on the ice, I'm sure it makes a very big difference. So yes. it's going to be, you know, they got to gear up a little bit slow. I guess that's what they're going back to practice and certain shifts and that kind of stuff. So that's good. Yes. And at least for the top teams, I guess technically you can say they're going to get kind of a warm up because their round robins are strictly only for seating. Nobody's getting knocked out where the five game series. Yeah, you got to win three out of five. Obviously, that's how the math works to advance. But if you have a bad game or two, you're in a hole and you don't have a chance to get out. The top four seeds are going to have three games to kind of warm up and work things out before jumping into their best of five or seven, however they're working it. So it'll be interesting. But I like it. I like the fact that there is a promise of most likely a resolution to the season and a champion will be crowned. 
I like it. Might get hockey a lot more fans. Especially if they're one of the only ones that are back. Because the NBA is still working on theirs. They haven't guaranteed anything yet. But right now it's looking like the NBA will be going to Orlando, Florida. And basically going, I think, to like the Disney Wide World of Sports hub. Yeah, 20,000 hotel rooms or something. Yeah, something like that. And that is where their season will take place. Which I really hope their version of this will be kind of like March Madness. Where it's just packed weekends i don't care if it's even weekdays give the people a break every give the players give the people a rest because then the guys can get practice but have a good game on thursday have like a bunch of series on thursday game after game after game starting in the morning through the night then that next series game is saturday then give monday tuesday wednesday off and start it all over because you'll have back and forth i don't care if they do it like that but I think that would be a fun way to do it, where you have continuous games, because that's the only way they can do it, I think, to make the timeline work also. So it'll be fun. One thing that came out that people were not a fan of is Dame Lillard, who plays for the Blazers. They were three games out from the eighth seed in the West. Basically said the NBA was thinking of having a few regular season games to get everybody kind of ready. But he said, if we don't have a chance to make the playoffs why would I go play? Like, what's the point of me putting my health and everything on the line if there's no shot of me even making the playoffs? Do you think he has a point? He does. They're going back to help the winner get to the winner's circle. Yeah. Especially as a nine seed that's fighting for an eight seed. He did, though, he would be willing if the NBA came out and said, we will do... A play-in tourney, like say they take the seven and eight seed and have the nine ten spots off play like a round robin or something for those final two spots, he would be willing to do that. Which I don't think is a bad idea. That would be fun. That'd kind of be like an NCAA tournament type feel, also, where they have the play-in for the final spots to face the top seeds. They could do that. I do know talking to a the former co-host of the show, James. He was saying he kind of wished they went the route of instead of just in Orlando, they if they could have figured it out, have games set up at like major outdoor like basketball courts, like famous ones, and be able to have people kind of like hanging on the outskirts. He goes, and obviously not sure how that would be like figured out logistically, but like if you could have games at Rucker Park and all these famous different like Venice Beach like courts and all these different things, that would have been a cool type of thing. But if you can't do that, you can fold the crowd on that. Yeah, exactly. One way, though, we might get a crowd is families are working on trying to figure out the NBA is working with players and their families to see about allowing certain family members to be allowed in to this hub, essentially, for the few months that they might be there. Mainly because a lot of the players said, I can't go into this knowing that if I get to the especially teams like the Lakers and Clippers and the Bucks, who were all expected to go championship, potentially to the finals, they all said, I can't go two or three months and not see my family or my kids. Like, that's just, that's a no-go. Agreed. So they're working on trying to figure out how they could potentially have these families allowed in, make it safe for everybody. But if they do that, at least, you could guarantee that most likely the stands would be somewhat crowded, because if you have all 
even when it's down to the final four teams, if there's 12 to 13 guys on a team, they each have three or four family members, you at least have somewhat of a crowd on the bottom area that could be there cheering. That'll sound at least interesting. Plus, you have to assume players might stay and watch the games, too. So at least it would give some feeling of fans in the stand and make it even a little more energetic than it might be if there was nobody. Like the NHL, I think, is planning on right now. Yeah, they have nobody, right? I think so. I think if you do fans in the stand, they still have to distance. Well, if you're in the hub, though, and you've all been medically cleared, do you? Well, I'd be wearing a mask. Yeah, I guess. But just in general, you would think they could probably sit closer because if they're all in this basically screened off zone for two or three months, they're past the 14 day quarantine. They're off past all that. So they all should generally be healthy. When do they think that season's going to be over over? I think right now, I think they're hoping to ramp things up around like mid-July, end-July. And then depending on how quickly they have games go in and out, my guess is somewhere probably in that September, October range. So then you have to wonder about if they push back the beginning of the start of the next season and all those different things. Obviously, you have to see where the country is with the virus and all that stuff too. So who knows? But at least for now... Let's focus on the close future where we might be getting actual sports back and championship playoffs and all that fun stuff. I like it. I'll take, yeah, I'll take NBA finals in October. If that means I still get to watch the NBA finals. Yeah, I think that'll be because really I, I, it's probably gonna be no TV. I can get excited about an NBA finals game. I can't get excited about regular season. Yeah. No, playoffs is a whole different thing. I do not watch the NHL like at all during the season, but once the playoffs start, I'll turn it on. I'll watch a period or two here and there. And, of course, if it's the Celtics, I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> well, they'll be in the playoffs. They're one of the better teams. Look at that. Boston's kicking it. Well, at least in basketball. Probably not in football this year. Just had to throw that in there. Anyways... <laughs> Has nothing to do with kicking it, but let's get on to the MLB. MLB, first thing we're going to talk about is... Money, 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 money. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about that. Soundbite. Some Soundbite. <laughs> Put that in just for future reference of anytime we talk about money, just have that come on. Yep. Okay. I mean, you asked for it. Just letting you know. So, the, not just money... Well, this place probably is going to make up a lot more now. But there is a brewery in New Jersey called Departed Souls who earned this week's Nailed It. Nailed it! And how? How'd they nail it, Paul? I'm glad you asked after that random soundbite of somebody saying nailed it. They nailed it by coming out with a brand new beer because right now there's no baseball. And there may not be any baseball. But at least we can still trash the Astros. They came out with a beer called Trash Can Bangers. And it is looped around with the Astros colors. It looks like the old Astros like throwback jerseys. And it is an IPA. And it is to basically spite the Astros and their cheating. And like you said they a while ago, 
beer should be served in mini trash cans, I think they should serve these beers at every single ballpark, even if there's no fans there. Just like have beer vendors walking around selling them when the Astros are in town. No, just by themselves. Like there are going to be five beer vendors, one in left field, right field, center field, and first, third baseline, just shouting the beer name. And that's it. Boy, you really got angry about that. Well, they cheated, Paul, and I don't like cheaters. I agree. Oh, I'm glad to be where if you I, were I like, 100% agree. I thoroughly enjoy cheaters. I actually idolize them. <laughs> well, I think they... I mean, I there's like... degrees of cheating, obviously. Circumstances, like, did you catch any of the Lance Armstrong documentary for ESPN? I did not. So it was, I only caught bits and pieces here, but it's there. It's a two-part documentary on Lance Armstrong and obviously his whole situation with how he doped for the Tour de France and his life and all the other things surrounding it. So from what I heard with that, yes, he cheated and he doped up and all those things, but apparently everybody in the sport did it. So they're like, it wasn't really him cheating. It was everybody was cheating, but he won and then left and then came back and won again. And that's really kind of what led to people looking into it more. And then, of course, other teammates and things all went down the rabbit hole with him when it was happening and just snowballed. But then people were like, but then he also did Livestrong. So, like, but take that away. what the Astros did was just pure cheating. Nobody else was doing this or even thought of doing this. It was their own whole thing. So it's a different level of cheating. So, yeah, I don't care how there's no baseball season right now. Let people bash them any way they can, whether it's bashing beers or not but i think these guys nailed it with their can with their name and how it just captured everybody else's hearts i like it is it, astros. it lets the astros never forget yeah i think this is something they should like try to distribute across the country if they can i'm gonna somehow try to get it i don't even like ipas that much but i'm gonna even see if i can somehow get my hands on it i know people in new jersey i might have to see if i can convince one of them to buy it at some I point could find somebody I probably could. You know a guy. I, I know a few guys. I may have grown up in the state. You may I have. Might have some, I might have some connections. And you are the mayor of everything you do. I try to be. All right. So you mentioned money before. We're done talking about beers because, well, you can only talk about beer so much. And we're not craft brewed sports, so we don't know as much as they do. But we do know the MOBPA wants that money. The players have come out basically saying, if you're not going to pay us our full prorated salaries, yeah, no, we're, we're good not playing. Like, we're totally fine with it. Do you agree with that sentiment, or do you think they need to suck it up and take a lot less money than what they should? Is there less money to go around? So it should be proportional. Yes, there is. But if you think about what their prorated salary, so right now I think I saw a chart that said like, if you were supposed to make thirty-five million dollars this year, prorated for eighty-two games would probably have you in like the fifteen million dollar ballpark, because seems about right. And they're they're only going to pay you seven million. So it's a huge drop off from where you were to what they're saying you need to take, and of course. That's the top tier guys. 
Now, the middle guys and all those guys get much less. Well, they get less overall, but a bigger percent of their salary. No, they're not really. Million to seven million. What do they make? What's the least you can make? Six hundred, four hundred. Five hundred thousand, and those are getting prorated to two hundred fifty thousand. So they're all those are getting. No, not every. Think about it. Thirty-five million to seven million is not cut in half. That's way more. Well, it should be bigger. Theirs is just lower because it's five hundred to two hundred thousand. Not huge, but I think I kind of I agree with the players. I think if you're gonna do it. Do the prorated salaries like the full ones? It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be more money for the owners. But most of these guys are billionaires, and it's for one year. Like I wouldn't want a year coming off my contract if I signed a four hundred million dollar deal because I worked hard. I'm one of the top five guys in the league. I don't want one of those years being thrown away, and I only get seven million because of it. Like I worked hard to not just get seven million. Like hard, at least I, give me what it's. And I get it, but it should, how can you put an amount on it now? It should be prorated as a percentage of the overall kitty. And if they make more than that, they get more. If they make less, they get less. Yeah, so what do they make TV? Period. Which a lot of them make a good amount off of. Yep. So and they make money on TV. They, they're not selling concessions. They're not selling tickets. No, but you also then have to assume that, uh, like, the TV, like, MLB.com, the package deals that they go with that, yep. all get kicked around. There should be a decent amount of money still floating around, especially with the owners all being basically billionaires. Like, I know everybody's getting hit financially and to an extent, but one season of paying your whole organization, at this point, prorated probably, like, 50 to $60 yeah. million. Like, you're probably going to make that back, and everything will be fine and dandy. And if you really don't want it, sell the team for your few billions that they're worth. But instead... Get there? Do you think they'll get there? Can they can they solve it? I don't know. The players kind of dug their feet in. They kind of don't care at this point if they look like the bad guy. They're not going to... They look, look like the bad guy as a group... Well, that's what it is. The MLBPA has always stood together back in 94, back in all other negotiations. They've never lost. They have always beaten the owners. The owners have always had to cave. The owners are going to have to cave. They even they gave a counteroffer with more game. They want more games to be played and full prorated salaries. Like they completely ignored what the owners gave them and said, no, nah, this is what we want to do. So we'll see. Interesting. It will be. Also interesting, sad at the same time. So it came out earlier this week that the A's were going to be stopped paying their minor leaguers 400000 not 400000 $400 only. 400000 would be crazy. $400 a week. So they're going to stop that completely, which when you look at the numbers, $400 a week per player, there's about 200 in a minor league farm system. It averaged out for their whole season of pay, if they kept paying, it would have been about one, a little over a million dollars to pay all 200 minor leaguers their 400 weekly. And the worst thing is, the owner of the A's is valued at 1.2 billion dollars, so it literally would have been pennies for him to do this. But the A's are king of Moneyball, 
they had a whole movie about Billy Bean and how basically they have to work within a budget. And if they don't work within that budget, well, guys got to get cut and less valued players have to be brought in. So that's just how it was. But now, since seeing that, thousands of minor leaguers are going to be cut now. It is in a mass that has not been seen before. Cuts are normal, but they are getting cut even more. Like farm systems are going to be completely thinned out and different looking once this all starts. But also a lot of guys are going to stop getting paid pretty shortly, even if they're still a part of the minor league system. How do you how when you hear something like that, obviously you don't think about the minor leagues that much. But thousands of guys just had their hopes and dreams essentially crushed. Like how how do you how as a fan do you feel about that? Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a minor league baseball game, but I do know the importance of the program. Oh, oh okay, that's like quadruple A. It's still minor league baseball. <laughs> so I've never been to a Paw Sox game, for instance. Okay. <laughs> I know who they are. I know it's important. It's very important to that. It used to be very important to that community. Now the Woo Sox will be important, but woo-woo, woo-woo. So anyway, I think it'll have a damaging effect further down the road because now you got to rebuild that, yeah. and that isn't overnight. So um, a lot of great players come out of the farm system, and you're taking a whack at it pretty bad. Yeah, it's hard to look at, especially because depending on – if they're cutting out guys from single A, double A – like, obviously, you're not going to go after your AAA guys because those are supposed to be your next future MLB players. But if a lot of these single-A guys who maybe don't have a lot of years under their belt, you could be cutting the next Mike Trout and things like that. And the worst thing is, a lot of these guys are going to get cut and then never try to come back because, one, financially, they just don't have the ability to. Yep. And, two, they might just be shot psychologically being like well i know i was cut and it was during a pandemic and all these other things but like sign i'm gonna go be a car dealer yeah who knows if they're maybe they were gonna cut me in general like i don't know maybe i was part of that list so who knows there could be that guy that's gonna be the next hall of famer all-time great but now he won't get a chance and he might just give up on his dreams so that's that's the only part that i feel kind of bad about like obviously Everybody's making cuts. Everybody's dealing with things with this pandemic and how the economy is. The minor leagues, you just never think about the guys. Like $400 a week, that's not – $1,600 a month is not something you can live off of. But these guys did it because they love the game. Now they don't even get that. So a lot more people on unemployment, just kind of a sad state. And we might still not get any baseball. <laughs> So unemployment gives you $600 a month extra from yeah. the federal government. So the base minor league baseball player is probably dancing in the street because they'll make $1,000 a week instead of not, 600 a month, right? They get something like that. I forget what it is. A big so, boost. It is, but at the same time, you could have had a bigger boost if you made it to the pros and would have guaranteed a few hundred thousand. Yep. <laughs> But I think I'd rather have that. <laughs> so you have the minor league players. You have the janitor at the minor league stadium. You have the landscaper. I mean, it, it there's a trickle down that's massive. 
to not having a baseball season. Well, this is also happening. And before this all occurred, before the pandemic, there was already talk about cutting down minor league systems and taking out affiliates and basically scrunching teams, farm systems into like one single A, one double A, one triple A, because there was a bunch of other little like teams off that fed into those systems still. And now with this, it might be kind of like the time where like businesses do where they go, hey, we can use this as an excuse to kind of condense and then never go back. Clean knows. So we'll see what happens there. That was MOB stuff as far as I know. Yep. Just checked my list. Very professional of me. Have a list. But then, Did you check it twice? I do. Sometimes <laughs> I find out who's naughty or nice. Speaking of checking lists, looking at things, if you're going to check out anything, go check out 12 Ounce Sports' newest mini catalog. That's right. Paul, you and I could both be fitted in 12 Ounce Sports golf polos, shirts. They're on sale. 12OunceSports.com. Go check it out. Go check out the mini catalog. You got a few shirts to buy. Rep 12 on Sports proudly. Tell your friends. Tell your family. I might. Just, it might just be my Christmas gift for everybody this year. Who knows? I see that look on your face. Is that for your friends? And family, like I just okay. said. Family, I get. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad. So, yeah. Go check out 12 on Sports mini catalog in the shop for all your 12 on Sports clothing needs. And by that, I mean, like, a few shirts. Very good. Anyway, the last thing we're going to touch on, because I thought we had a lot to talk about. We've just flown through everything. I'm agreeing with everything you say, because your list is blowing my mind. I know. I really need to find something that is, like, really... Or I'm just going to have to start saying, like, the most outlandish things and having you just... the season starts, I'm going to be all over them. Oh, Okay. I was going to say, or I just have to start being like a Skip Bayless type thing, which, you know what? That's what we can touch on really quickly. Skip Bayless. Your favorite, uh, oh, I favorite guy in the world. I, I despise the man. I know it's probably like a persona, and it's definitely like a way if he's like worked and weaseled his way into the media to like become that guy. Can I tell you what he did this week, Paul? I would love you to tell me. This week... He decided on a show, which basically talks about three things, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, the Cowboys, and Oklahoma Sooner football. Like that, that's basically what they, it's just regurgitated different ways of that. Somehow this week, now the last dance documentary is over. No more MJ talk. None of that. Somehow with no NBA season going on currently, no NBA documentaries going on. Somehow this week on his show, he brought up the fact that in like the seventh game of the regular season this year, LeBron James passed to a teammate to take the game tying shot to force overtime against somebody and basically attacked him saying if it was Michael Jordan, he would have taken that last shot and made that last shot. Instead, LeBron passed it to his teammate instead. Regular season game, like seventh game of the season, Mind you, in the documentary about Michael Jordan, they showed like three different clips in playoff games where he passed it to Steve Kerr and John Paxson for the final shot to help the Bulls win. And people, it's just like, why? Why is this being brought up? Why do you question him? Brilliant basketball mind. Because he's Skip Bayless. 
Yeah, it drives me nuts. Because why, why would you bring up a... If you're going to bring up a game, bring up something that seems more relevant than a regular season, early regular season game, where plenty of star players, if they don't have the look, will pass it off to a teammate for a wide-open look. Maybe Pretty sure that's not being team player. Fire it over to him. <laughs> I, I tweet at him all the time. He doesn't respond. I'm not surprised. You should be. Am I tweeting? Are you harsh on your tweets? I am. I'm pretty funny, though, also. And I just gave myself away that I don't read your tweets. It's okay. I don't know how many people read my tweets. <laughs> I have some that do really well. I don't know why I'm now talking about interactions with my tweets. That's not That's not what we should be talking about. Anyway, plain and simple. Skip Bayless talked about a regular season ending of a game to try to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James, and it was idiotic. That's all I can say about that. I bet you could find more. I could. I used to have a segment called Really Skip. It might come back, and I might try to get you to hate Skip Bayless as much as I do. I don't hate anybody. I know, but you might, by the end of, you might by the end of this. <laughs> if we make this a thing, I might make it a... It might be a new segment called Make Paul Hate Skip. And I'm going to have it instead of being like, Skip, Skip, Really Skip, as my intro is going to be like, Hate Skip, Paul Hate Skip, Hate Skip, Paul Hate Skip. I'll never get there. You say that now, just wait. I'm going to find one thing that you love in the sports world that he bashes on. And it's going to All right, me. do that. I don't know if I can. I don't really know if there's anything that you love that much in the sports world. Tom Brady, but now he's on the Tampa Bay, so. Wow, that was a shot. Well, did you actually, did you ever even really love ta- Tom Brady? No, I love that he won. I was going to say, I we not appreciate a guy that plays for the same team for 20 years and wins that many Super Bowls, and he's a leader. A leader that splits his pants on live television. Okay. who? It happens. <laughs> he should have not worn the designer pants, maybe. <laughs> Got a size bigger. Uh, since It's kind of NFL talk. Did you, you also see? Do you think they ran around the shop and fitted a six-foot-six golfer? No, he apparently had swishy pants in his in his bag. <laughs> they were in his bag, but he forgot to sew the the butt. No, he switched into swishy pants. Oh, okay. It was like he was like uh, MC Hammer. Oh no 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 no! I, I can't sing more than four bars. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> also, by the way, speaking of Tom Brady, did you see he's selling his extended Escalade? He is. Get, get, give me a price tag of how much you think an Escalade that's extended has like five open seats in the back, suicide doors, which basically just means they open backwards, a 32-inch TV inside of it. Like how much do you think ballpark he's selling it for? 300000 Did you just look up the article? Because that's exactly how much it is. No, I didn't actually. He bought it for $350,000. He's now selling it for $300,000. He doesn't need it anymore? Would you ever, in your right mind, buy a car for $300,000? That all it is is an extended, bigger limo, essentially. I feel like you could buy a limo for much cheaper. If you had all the money in the world and you wanted Tom Brady's limo, you'd buy it. Yes, but like... You and me? No. We're not even shipping in to buy tires. Well, Meek Mill, I think it was Meek Mill, a rapper, came out and said, I have an extended Escalade that I could sell you. 
It's bulletproof, and I'll give it to you for $250,000. <laughs> I might take that one because it might serve a better purpose in the future when right. everybody just starts going crazy. What does Tom Brady um, drive? I know he got in his accident in an Trick Audi. question. Tom Brady doesn't drive. Well, he does. He, I, It has him when he was in his apartment in Boston. He had... He had the Audi, and he got in an accident. He got in the Audi, but... <laughs> Is a Malbecker car a big like a Rolls Royce? But yeah, it, it might like be a Rolls Royce. It could be. I don't know what he drives now, but he apparently doesn't need this giant Escalade. I guess not, or it doesn't fit in his driveway. <laughs> it doesn't fit in that guy's driveway who he walked <laughs> in his house. Yeah, no. So was that, that was bashing Tom Brady. It kind of sounded like it. I mean, they did say they had to play in Florida because you know, rust warrants and everything. <laughs> he's got an ankle bracelet yeah imagine imagine he like had an ankle bracelet around and he like got to a certain point in the course and it started beeping they were like just attach him on his brace can't finish the round Ra- tom yep get back get back on the 30 yard line by the way uh the most cringeworthy uh dad joke type thing he did was after he sunk the birdie putt or whatever that one the that one hole insane. and he no but with, when phil set him up on the par or whatever and he hit it in, and he goes, that's how we roll. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear God. He's not cool. But then he came out with a Johnny Bravo quote after that, and I was like, who is this guy? He's Johnny Bravo is a cartoon nerd. character. I think he was referring to Johnny Drama, who was an Entourage character. Either way. He got it, was, it wrong. No, either way, it was just kind of like, who who is this guy, and what did they do with I'm not going to talk much Tom Brady from New England. He was quiet. Yeah, because Belichick apparently held a gun to his head and was I like, don't say more than 10 words. He didn't have a lot to say. Well, it's because he sucked. Charles uh, Barkley was talking yeah. trash to him. Oh, they Charles beat, Barkley. They had the seven-second button going a lot. Yeah, did you hear Justin Thomas? He said, when Charles was making fun of Tom, he goes, Charles, I'd like to see your fat ass dunk a basketball. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Oh. Uh, Anyway, I digress. We somehow got way off beat talking about Tom Brady again because well, we love him. It wouldn't be a show if we just didn't just go off on tidbits, Paul. Anyway, well, last thing to talk about: the NFL has another new rule proposed, and no, don't worry, it's nothing crazy. It's just instead of onside kicks, they want to take those away, and instead teams would get two times to use a fourth and fifteen, where I don't know why it has to even be called a fourth and fifteen. It would just say basically be. They get one play to travel 15 yards. If they complete it, they get the ball back. If they don't, other team gets it, I guess, from wherever that spot is. Is that so people stop getting hurt? No, I just I think it's because last year the onside kick percentage, because of the different changes they've made to kickoffs, dropped down to 10% from 19% the following years. And teams have said it's much harder now with guys not being able to move until after the ball is like, kicked off that onside kicks are very hard because how are you going to really travel 10 yards before the other team gets to a ball if you can't physically be moving until the ball is kicked? You have to hire wicked, wicked fast so, special teams. Yeah. So this would take the, that place. The only thing I ha- the only issue I have with this, because it's basically what the XFL was doing, I don't like the fact that you can only do it twice in a game. Yeah, I would imagine any time you face that situation, you should do it, be able to. 
Yeah, like what happens if you're down by you score and you're down by three touchdowns, you do it, you score, you do it, you score. Now you can't do it again? That doesn't seem fair. Like, what if you're making this incredible comeback? Now you've made it this far and you just can't finish it off potentially, or at least give the chance to. So the kickoff team runs a play. If you get 15 yards, you keep it. Well, no, it's just your offense comes out and runs a play. So, like, say the Chiefs want to do it. They trot out Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Jason Ke- – not Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and they run an offensive play. If they complete a 15-yard play, they get the ball – they get to keep the ball. Okay. That makes – I don't know. But they can only do it twice. Well, they should the do it any time they want. Well, that's what I, that's the only thing I think. I think you should – just like an onside kick, you should be allowed to do it as much as you want. I guess you would only ever have to make a rule change if you have an offense like the Chiefs or like the Saints, who are these dominant offenses that could potentially do this multiple times in a game and actually complete it. That would be, I guess, the only issue. It's, it's like, well, the team won 48 to nothing because the other team literally never touched the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it should mostly be, you can use it twice. They should make an immense the rule. You can do it twice during a game, but within a certain time frame, you can do it as many times needed. So, like, you can use it twice throughout the whole game, any point. But if it gets within three minutes on the fourth quarter, you can do it as many times as you possibly can in that. Like, they if you're down. They something like that. that. Like a certain time frame where, okay, it's allowed from here on out if you do it. Like whether that's three minutes left in the game, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, something, it'd probably be fourth quarter specific because that's usually when you see it. But you can use it two times before that time frame, but then once you hit that, it's unlimited. I think that maybe gives a better reasoning for it because... talking about changing it? What that the amendment realizing saying what they should have done is no, I don't think so. I think that's a (laughs) I have not submitted the Greg plan to the NFL. I'll get my people on that right away. You snooze, you lose. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry, but that's at least my suggestion. Big head, I should have outbid the guy from Barstool and spent $251,000 to go watch a game with Roger, which I hope to God that's somehow televised. How dis- disingenuous Roger is? No, just the meeting between the two of them. Because Roger Goodell despises Barstool Sports, so that is going to be pure content that people are going to love to see. <laughs> you need a camera in the background and cameras on them, so they're on the box of the TV. My guess is it's just going to be uh, a secret camera in like the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. So, but that's my thought on the rule change. So are you for a rule change like that, or do you want to kind of see onside kicks continue? I was, I think if, I would think they're doing it for safety. Yes. I, I think it's for safety, but also the number of how many attempted onside kicks and things there were, yada, yada, yada. I think a team has a better shot of getting 15 yards on the ground than an onside kick. So it gives them a better... I do too, but I feel like the excitement of potentially an onside kick working is also fun 
So if they don't get 15 yards, the other team takes over the ball right there. Yes, I think so. I think it's kind of like an onside kick. Like if a team recovers, they get it basically with like 35 yards to go. Or along mm-hmm. that line. Just trying to find. I know somebody tagged me in a post about it. Just can't figure out where. But it was about the onside kicks and their feelings on it. But I can't for the life of me figure it out. But yeah, so that's my thoughts on it at least. I think it's good if it saves injuries. I like it. I guess so. Do you think special teams get hurt more than the regular lineup? No. Because they're just bursting off that line and trying as hard as they can for the few times a game they play? No, because a lot of the guys are also guys that are on defense and special teams for, like, punting and things like that. So there still is that whole aspect of they're used a decent amount. Plus, you're an athlete. You're supposed to be ready to go whenever. Agreed. But other than that, Paul, I think think that wraps up the show. Unless you have anything sports-related to add. I do not. I do not. I think you are very insightful as usual. You. You Stop. have got to you have got to get the ear of these commissioners. Well, you know, me and Rob Manfred have talked and he just he just doesn't want to listen. He is not understanding how baseball will die if this hap- if there's no season. So he's he's acting like a dictator. Kind of. He's letting the owners kind of act up instead of him. I think somehow. Yeah. Crying into their $50 bills. They don't even do that. $50 bills to wipe their feet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Paul, as always, thanks for joining me. I think you have about 30 baby mice mouths to feed. Something like that. So gross. I don't even know where they went. So I'm laying face down, working in this box. And my feet are hanging out of the deck, and I think the mice are running up my pant legs. It's awful. And that's my final comment. So, Paul, nothing else? Nothing else. I'm good, Greg. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of this. All right. I will talk to you later. I am sure of it because, well, basically, I'm pretty sure my wife calls you and your wife every day. I believe that is true. I believe. That thing called FaceTime. Yeah, well, no, you only do that because you'd like to see your grandson. But anyway, my name's Greg. Paul, as always, is with me. Hopefully, he's actually not going to go find a bunch of mice because that would be disgusting. Hopefully, that doesn't happen to you again for another 20 years. If it does, though, in 20 years, it was nice knowing you because that probably would be the end of you. <laughs> Just can't imagine you surviving that in 20 years. Anyway, <laughs> on that lovely note. Wow. <laughs> my name is Greg. This has been me and Paul's stance on sports and some other random stuff. Stay safe and have a good one. The Sports Sports Stance. Stance.